You're listening to the Unshamed Podcast. We talk about important topics that are culturally taboo when it comes to the female body, mind, and soul. We want to break down shame that surrounds these topics so that women can be empowered in their everyday lives. Make sure to like and subscribe and share this with your friends. Welcome to the Unshamed Podcast. I'm Katie, and this channel is sponsored by Zoe Community. Um, Zoe works to equip local communities to support women in crisis pregnancy, uh, as well as empower women who are going through crisis pregnancy. Um, One of the ways to empower women that uh, women who we work with or will work with comes through doing our part to dismantle shame culture, especially shame and the female body. Um, through Unshamed, where we talk about everything from breast health to mental health, things really that are typically off limits in typical casual conversation. Um, if you want to hear more about topics that basically kick the crap out of shame, please like and subscribe and comment because we need to know what you think and what you want to hear about. That's real important. Uh, today, we are going to talk about miscarriage specifically my miscarriage. Um, Over time, we'll share a lot of stories here. We want to open up communication and start our process of dismantling shame culture around us. Um, For you listening or watching, for me, for us, for everybody working with Zoe, um, when we started Zoe, the staff and the board members, we all thought the same thing. Um, We have seen such a huge problem when women came to us telling us about their stories of their past terminations, women who didn't actually want to get those terminations. Um, And shame was really at the root of their decision-making process, which we thought that's not okay. That's going on. Um, We realized that a big part of our mission will be sharing stories. You were the owner of your own story with all the rights connected to that. Nobody has the power to ever pull uh, a story out of you without your consent. But on the flip side, you also have the power to share your story. You inspire others who are going through the same thing you're going through to know that they're not alone and not weird or anything like that. So we're going to invite lots of other people on the podcast who want to share their stories too not just about termination, but of lots of other issues that happen with our bodies, minds, and our social situations too. Uh, Things that people who want to share their stories have often felt that they couldn't really talk about. So today, I'm going to share about my miscarriage story with you. Um, I I shared it publicly uh, right after it happened in 2015 and was surprised about how many women who thanked me for speaking out or who personally messaged me about their own miscarriage stories that they had kept secret for a while. Um, Which led me to really, really start thinking about shame and fetal loss a whole lot. Um, Some women feel blamed and shamed when they have a miscarriage. Um, Even though we know now that most miscarriages are you know, caused by things beyond our control, there's still sometimes this weird gut feeling or assumption that it's my fault, that I did something wrong. So here's my story. I have three kids, two living, 
One, I believe, is in heaven. My two living kids are Eden, who's seven, and Eli is four. Um, both boys are wonderful, and they are so much work. <laughs> um, they're a handful, but they're awesome. Um, after I had Eden, um, he was about two, I got pregnant again. I was scared, excited, all kinds of feelings and everything. Um, I made a cake for Blake, actually. Um it said, it took forever to make, you know, uh, I wrote it in icing. I said, thanks for knocking me up. And when he got home, he saw the cake. It took him forever to see the cake, but he, we saw it and read it. We laughed all that. Uh, things were going fine. At 10 weeks, I went in to have my first appointment at the hospital. I was excited. I had really no reason to be otherwise, but they couldn't find a heartbeat. Um, the doc, she was so kind. Uh, she gave me the options for how to empty my uterus afterwards and agreed that a watch and wait approach might be easier for me. Um, and it was certainly a safe option at that number of weeks. So that's what we decided. Um, Blake and I, we went outside after that appointment. We brought the little scan picture with us and we sat in the courtyard of the hospital and we just kind of held each other and cried and just didn't really know what to think. Um, we decided we decided we needed to give our kid a name. Um, I think it's really important to to give names to our our kids we lose. Uh, it helps with the grieving process. I had found that with other people in the past who'd done that, and we just thought it was great. So <clears throat> we the name Zoe came to mind um, because I'm a nerd and uh, happened to know that that name means life in Greek, and um, we thought it was a fitting name for um what we hope for that um our child is alive and well in heaven that's what we believe so i knew you know i knew the stats i knew the vast majority of miscarriages are completely out of our control uh, oh by the way i put a link um for those watching on youtube a link below um to read about miscarriage causes on the hsc website so go ahead, check that out it's interesting um sure enough <clears throat> You know, in the watch and wait stance, we went home and everything. Um, a few days later, I started bleeding. It wasn't heavy, so it was kind of suspicious. Um, you know, I was in serious pain. I was really um, just very uncomfortable. Something didn't seem quite right. Then suddenly I started bleeding really heavily. Um, you know, it was more than what is typical with a miscarriage. And within the first 30 minutes of that, I knew we needed to get to the hospital right away. Um, you know, on the bright side of all this, because when we called our friend to come and mind Eden and we had to go right away, she left with the clothes on her back and just came over. She came over, she stayed the night with, with Eden and everything. Um, and the bright side of all this horrible stuff was we kind of saw the best in our friends, the people who were around us, like my friend who came over without a word, Second thought, she just hopped in the car, came over. <clears throat> we had friends who the next day came and um, relieved her and took Eden, and he hung out with them all day. Um, I had a friend who lived in town, and she actually, because my clothes were all ruined after going to the hospital, she went to Penny's, and she bought me new clothes so I could go home in something clean. Down to the knickers, you know your friend's a really good friend when she can buy you a set of knickers. Um, and bought me all the things that I needed. Um, I, we even had a friend who, she took the bus and came down from Limerick 
just to stay with us, take care of the house, take care of Eden. So when I got home from the hospital, we could sleep like that's, those are friends, friends who really take care of you. That's what we all need. And when we go through stuff like this, we don't need to be hiding in our rooms, upset and scared and needing things without having people around us. So we went to the hospital after Eden was all sorted. Um, I was not doing well. I walked into the emergency entrance, you know, bleeding pretty heavily, um, trying to keep myself together, um, just so that the receptionist lady wouldn't think I was crazy. Tried to tell her what was going on in a very calm way. And then all of a sudden I heard, um, my friend Janice's voice. Janice works, um, at this hospital. She's a midwife. And, um, she was actually leaving for the night to go home. And I heard her voice and, um, she turned around and basically just kind of started bawling, crying, finally just kind of <laughs> released and kind of collapsed into her. She just took care of things right away. She got people moving in the right direction, got me back to be treated within, I think, a minute. It was really fast. She got me back there. Um, and typically when um, women have miscarriages in Ireland, I didn't realize this before, but you're, if it happens, you know, after visiting hours, your partner, whoever's with you, they have to go home after visiting hours are over and you're by yourself and you're usually in a ward situation with other women. And in this particular hospital at that time, I probably would have been on a postnatal ward. So if I didn't hear babies crying around me, I would have heard babies crying very close to me. And that would have been, um, that would have been really, really upsetting. But thankfully, Janice pulled a few strings, and there happened to be a, a free private room, and she got us hooked up, and Blake could stay with me. That was really important, so he got to stay with me that night while they were still figuring things out. Um, yeah, so the next day, I had to have a DNC. My little fetus, she was out, um, but there were still a lot of other th things that needed to be sorted. It was weird. You know, it was already over, but walking back for surgery just kind of felt like final, you know, like I, it was that mental closure that just kind of snuck up on me how sad I was. I had to cry on the table while they were uh, setting my IV, getting me ready to go to sleep. The anesthesiologist looked me, looked at me and he was like, don't worry, this is really safe. And, uh, he was right, by the way, DNC is a very safe procedure, um, he didn't get it though. I was sad because I had lost my child. Um, it was a huge thing. You know, since then grief has been really weird and in waves. Sometimes I think of Zoe randomly while I'm just driving down the road. Can't quite like, um, remember like specific things. The only thing I specifically remember is, um, whenever I eat toast and jam, I think about I think about Zoe. Um, another s sidebar here. Um, every Irish, Irish person knows that when you're not well, to cure for you, other than flat 7-Up, if you're American, just Google it, um, is tea and toast. Tea and toast will cure you because it's been proven by grannies everywhere. Um, so if you're in the hospital, anything from a broken arm to a colonoscopy, uh, you're going to get tea and toast as soon 
as you're able to have your little consolation prize. Uh, so after each of my children left my uterus, I was given tea and toast. Um, so it's funny, I've had this conversation with multiple people um, about how good hospital tea and toast is. It's, it's not just me. Um, is it the bread? Is it the toasters? Who knows? Maybe you're just really, really hungry. Mystery continues, obviously. But back on track, after I had my DNC, they brought me the comfort of tea and toast and I cried because I should have been holding a newborn while I was having my tea and toast um so every time I have toast I think of Zoe grief is totally weird it's cyclic it comes out of nowhere um and one thing we definitely don't need while we're grieving is um to be forced to grieve in secret. This is a big thing that just really gets my goat, actually, because shame plays a dark role in keeping our mouths shut, keeping us from comforting each other um, or asking for comfort because we're afraid of what others might think. And that's not okay. Uh, You guys, this podcast, as well as anybody who works with Zoe, any volunteer, anybody on staff, this is a shame-free zone. Um, This is a place where you can come and you can bear your soul and no one will criticize you. Um, And if you tell me that you're sad because you lost your fetus, just know that this is a safe place to say that. Um, I will believe you and be sad with you and help you get to the other side. Sometimes it's hard because sometimes we just need to be sad. Um, so funny. I don't know. You guys have probably seen the movie Inside Out. Um, I'm not a big cartoon watcher. I have kids who are, and I just, you know, um, sometimes I get really sick of them. But, um, when the movie Inside Out first came out, it's a cartoon about, um, where they, uh, make feelings into characters and stuff. And it's all about, um, uh, this kid who has to leave uh, her hometown and move away and her feelings are going crazy and the characters of feelings um, that are going nuts are basically joy and sadness. And joy is trying to make everything right, make everything happy, fix everything. And sadness just kind of like instinctively keeps wanting to make their kids sad because she knows she needs to be. Um, Joy's like, no, we don't need any of that. But in the end, sadness is allowed to take the wheel a little bit And the kid is able to just be sad. She needs to be sad. And so I watched um, that cartoon, like, not long after um, I had the miscarriage. Because it's funny, um, I was sad at the hospital, obviously. But then we had to to move. We flew across the ocean to the U.S. to, to visit family. We did all kinds of things. We were incredibly busy. And I didn't really stop to be sad. Until I was on the plane and watching that movie and just started bawling because I was like, yeah, sadness is so important. And if we can't find a a safe space to just be sad, it's not good for us. We need to be able to get that grief out. And that's the only way we can really go forward is to acknowledge that sadness. Um, So if you are sad... And you, yeah, you want to move forward and, and work through that, but you at first need to just be sad. I can be sad with you. 
Um, I will 100% validate your grief. No matter how you lost your fetus, this is important. If you feel sad because you lost your fetus because of a miscarriage or because of a termination, you deserve to have a space to grieve your loss if you want that. Uh, Nobody should ever be excluded from the grieving process, no matter what. Um, If you want to share your story, if you feel like that's something that would help you with your process, you can comment below or you can send us a private message. Um, You can send it to me at Katie, K-A-T-Y, I spell my name the weird way, or the awesome way, I like to think, at zoecommunity.ie. Don't forget to to click like and subscribe. since it's important for us to hear your voice, to know that you like certain videos, that um, you want to see more of this coming. And thank you today for hearing my story. It means a lot to me to know that there are women everywhere who understand and can empathize. Um, We will have a special episode or two possibly to come where we talk more specifically about fetal loss. Um, You don't want to miss it. If you've experienced it or if you just want to develop more empathy for women who've been through it, definitely stay tuned for that. Um, Until then, keep living unshamed. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Unshamed Podcast. Join us next time for another topic that we hope empowers you. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share this with your friends.